Welcome to the Velocity Podcast, brought to you by management consulting firm Oliver Wyman. In this episode, we are joined by Jeff Levitt and Konstantinos Varsos and Manoj Singh of Ramco Defense and Security, where they discuss business challenges and trends, navigating the supply chain constraints and labor shortages. What business trends or challenges uh, are you hearing from the conversations with your customers over the past year? So, Jeff, I think one thing is very well known in the industry right now, which is kind of something has been happening for the last couple of years. Supply chain constraint has surfaced up as one of the key challenges that uh, the industry is facing. And coupled with that, we are also seeing a lot of resource labor shortages that the industry is also facing. So more and more what we are hearing from our customers is that they want to be able to do more with less. They have less resources, they have less labor, and of course, the supply chain constraints. That is probably one of the biggest challenges that we are seeing in the industry from our customers. Other aspect that we are seeing is a lot of, uh, and which has been there for quite some time, is the unpredictability that the industry in general is facing, but more importantly, the third-party MROs in terms of what the demand pattern is going to look like, because there's still very a lot of unknowns around how the market is picking back up in different regions. And that throws a lot of challenges for some of these MROs. That's at the macro level. Hmm. At the micro level, we see you know usual challenges of uh, when they are talking about, let's say, the engine MROs not really knowing what they're going to find out when they open up the engine. So that's the standard unpredictability that exists, right, at the macro and at the micro level. So that's another thing that we are seeing in the industry. And uh, need to manage and shorten the turnaround time from one end to the other. That always remains. But companies are continuing to look for, now this is where the technology and innovation comes in. Are there things that technology providers can do or provide that can provide some significant chunk of reduction in the turnaround time. That's keep, you know, we keep getting that kind of questions from our customers. And is that more about providing the right data, like getting the right transparency? Is it about like automating some of the tasks in between or like helping them to sequence the checks? So automation, integration, and some level of intelligence into the process. I think all these come together when they try to address some of these problems. For example, being able to have some sort of inter-enterprise integration is required, and part of that is the data sharing required, for the MROs to get a good visibility into the demand pattern that is from the airline's perspective. The more the airlines can share uh, their data, their maintenance programs, their compliances, what the fleet utilization looks like, I think some of their larger MRO suppliers will be better prepared from the capacity and from the material perspective. So that's very much part of the equation in terms of reducing that at the macro level, the uncertainty or uh, unknowns in their overall operations. I want to go back to one of the first things you said. You mentioned that there were some resourcing challenges. Do you see this most acutely at the front line, like the, the technicians, the inspectors, or does it apply sort of all the way up the organization? And how do you see technology playing a role more on the, the front line side? Yeah. So uh, I think we are seeing it mostly on the frontline side of the house, being able to find the right skilled resources, technicians to be able to carry out different types of MRO operations that MROs conduct all the way from line to hangar to the, to the shops as well as uh, larger engine work. And broadly from the technology, from the solutions perspective, 
we categorize it into two parts. One is you can do it at the planning level, and the second is at the execution level. And at the planning level where we come and try to help our customers is really from the overall optimizing. So being able to do same or more in terms of number of work orders that you can process or the number Mm of aircraft that you can squeeze into a hangar. So all that being able to do through a much better optimization solution that we can bring to the market. Similarly, on the line maintenance side, if you look at it, how can you, if you have to cover, let's say, 10 line stations, can you cover those line stations given the demand pattern that you know of the aircraft coming in with the same or less number of resources? So, right, that's the planning and and, and aspect of addressing this whole uh, shortage problem. At the more execution level, like you mentioned, I think there are tools and technologies that we're bringing to the market, specifically around productivity improvements like mobile apps that do provide a level of productivity improvement that can also help with being able to do same or more amount of work with uh, less number of resources that might be available to the companies. Yeah, the mobility one is like interesting because it's something we've been talking about probably for the last I don't know, five or 10 years in the industry, yeah. but you still see I would say like adoption lagging in most regions and specifically on the MRO side. You know, you mentioned a little bit about the supply chain being strained these days, right? And from the technology standpoint, what do you see the solutions that are available for the airlines or the MROs? How to manage that? Yeah, yeah. So there are a couple of things that, you know, um, uh, we are trying to do and discuss with our customers. One is, and this is, you know, very interesting. Uh, it's almost like taking a, taking a page or a leaf from other industries, uh, specifically retail, where the whole um, sharing of data in terms of capacity as well as material availability uh, across the organizations is very high, right? The whole CPFRF and other processes that, collaborative processes that other industries follow. So I think there's a need for companies to be able to give visibility and get visibility from their suppliers enables concepts like uh, capacity securing, being able to dedicate a few suppliers but have uh, the capacity secured from those suppliers in terms of these supply chain constraints so that even though you have a constraint but you are committing at the contractual level that I'm committing that I will take so much of capacity from you so there's a contractual obligations. Also, from the technology perspective, you know, um, you know, we are seeing that the more you can give them the ability. So because at the end of the day, from the MRO perspective, if you're running into supply chain constraints, then you, whenever you run into a situation of a decision making where repair versus replacement, right? So you maybe want to do more of a repair than a replacement because replacement automatically means that you have to rely on your suppliers or part suppliers to provide that uh, replacement parts or you get it from the supply chain. So this is a trend that, a very recent trend that we are starting to see that more and more larger organizations, larger MROs, starting to expand their capacity for repairs, which I think ties back to the fact that they are feeling that supply chain constraints. So they want to bring back some of their repair capabilities in-house. That's one of the areas where they're helping our customers as well. So we've talked about a number of like business trends, technology trends. How does this all relate to Ramco? So, you know, one of the things that I mentioned in the very beginning that challenges that uh, companies are facing is all these resource and labor and uh, supply chain constraints needing, requiring a better planning and optimization capability so that you can do more with less. So from Ramco's perspective, 
we are, have developed and we are continuing to enhance advanced planning and optimization capabilities, whether it is for within the hangar or with the intra-enterprise uh, planning, looking across multiple enterprises, or uh, doing an optimization of resources for a line station, set of line stations. Uh, so we have this in-memory planning and optimization engine that pretty much is an engine that you can uh, use to solve any of these optimization problems. And we are seeing more and more use cases being brought to us for us to be able to actually use that engine for many of these business scenarios for the optimization. And suddenly the need has risen up quite a bit from our perspective. So planning and optimization, that's one piece that we are really focused on because we have quite a few different business use cases coming to us. Other thing that you know, I talked about, uh, the need for a reduction in turnaround time. So there are a few things that we have done with one single capability, we are able to both do a significant reduction in the turnaround time, as well as address the need to go paperless in the industry. And the example that I wanted to give, which is, I think, going to gain a lot of ground, and that also actually uh, go to the point or around unpredictability that party MROs have. We call this a task card digitization. What that really is, just to understand the business context, Third-party MROs, specifically, let's say, hangar, uh, where you know large C checks and other checks have to be done. Before the aircraft pulls into the hangar, some of these commercial airline MROs, they get uh, paper, they start to get the paperwork for those aircraft for the tasks that they have to perform, all the material and resources that they may need. They start to get those documents one month in advance because that's the time, three to four weeks it takes for them to go through those documents, extract those operational information and put that into a system and then accept those aircraft on which they have to start working on. So we have brought this task card digitization that can reduce that one month to literally one day. The tool can scan those documents, PDFs or Word documents and with a little bit of configuration, it has the intelligence to understand the beginning, the end of tasks what the material requirements are within a given task. So there could be hundreds of those tasks, which the system is able to extract, put them into task library, and attach to the maintenance programs which have to be performed on those aircraft. So huge improvement, 10x literally, and a direct impact of that on turnaround time. Other thing that I wanted to mention, which is another very unique thing that we have brought to the market, is customer portal. What that is really is for companies, the MROs, to be able to collaborate with their customers through this customer portal. And there are multiple use cases in terms of approval of code, et cetera. But one use case that ties directly to the turnaround time is that whenever the work starts to happen, invariably they run into situations where they have some out of scope or non-routine they find all the time as they do it, right? Current process of identification and then communication to customers and getting their approval, et cetera, takes a lot of time. It's all very manual and email, et cetera, phone call driven process. Whereas with the capabilities like customer portal and notifications, that can really be automated. So the customer will exact get the notification of what the out of scope that has been found, the impact of that on the cost, the turnaround time, and they can approve that. And that immediate notification goes back to the MROs for them to start the work. So things like that we are doing that I think has direct implications on some of these uh, problems. How about some of the technologies that we used to hear like, you know, two, three years ago, like blockchain and even predictive, uh, uh, you know, maintenance to a certain extent? Where, where do you think that are those going? 
I think I would first touch about uh, predictive maintenance. I think that definitely has picked up quite a bit in the sense that more and more, and that goes back to the unpredictability part that I talked about. One use case that we are seeing clearly surfacing up is the ability to find off out of scope or non-routines that happens all the time in the MROs when they bring an aircraft or a component and what they find out. So we are seeing a lot of work being done to find out that uh, bring predictability that are to the unpredictable. So that part clearly is a use case that we are seeing. Uh, predictive maintenance, I think, is very much there. But people are starting to really question, you know, that predictive maintenance, the relevance, not relevance, but I think the, the effectiveness of that right now as it stands from the statistical, the normal statistical forecasting that has been done using the data, being able to run the AIML engine to find out those parameters which were not captured earlier through the statistical forecasting is something that is still being, in my view, worked on. But it requires a little bit more science around the econometric analysis to be able to identify all the potential parameters that can impact your maintenance based on the operations of the aircraft. Work continues to be done, but I think people are also realizing that the statistical forecast is able to take them from the business perspective at a point where they're, they're still able to use that data along with the maintenance manuals that the OEMs might have provided. So my point is the incremental benefit of using AIML to add to the statistical forecast to get the value for that uh, unknown is still, I think, up in the air at this point of time. Yeah. How do you see MROs, airlines, driving better ROI outcomes from, uh, from new technology? So, I mean, it's all about being able to identify the right solution or the right uh, solution and, and tying that to the right business problem. Because otherwise, you will have this, uh, you know, hammer looking for a nail kind of situation, which we absolutely don't want. So, so like I said, and I think when, when we started this whole task of digitization, the original problem that we were trying to solve there was the paperless aspect of it. How can you scan these documents and be able to make it paperless and make it visible to the technicians for them to, you know, view that in their iPad and stuff like that. But suddenly we realized this problem of, they actually taking so much of time manually before the aircraft comes in. So I think uh, being able to map the business problem and the solution, uh, I think uh, closely is probably going to be very important for the companies to really get the benefit out of it. Otherwise, it will be a situation of you try to go paperless, but then people also question really how much cost do you actually save by you know trying to save the paper, right? I mean, environmentally, yes, it makes a lot of sense. But from the economic, from the business perspective, I think you got to tie a solution to multiple problems that you can find out. I think that's where the real ROI will come in. So you asked about um, blockchain in addition to the other technologies. So personally, I think what we are seeing in the industry is definitely there was a lot of potential that came with in the last couple of years. And based on that potential, a lot of prototypes have been done. For example, trying to find out the record of part from you know, birth to uh, cradle to grave. But I think the whole hurdle of data sharing between companies that continues to remain the hurdle in trying to make the blockchain work. There are still pockets of opportunities for blockchain that can be explored, but that requires many of these companies within an ecosystem to come together. And 
rather than trying to boil the ocean, I think that it would be very important for companies to figure out those small sub-ecosystems in the blockchain world, which are driven around certain specific type of aircraft. And I'm just picking one because that is very specific and it's a very well-defined uh, manufacturer. MROs and operators would be, let's say, Hercules Lockheed's a Hercules C-130 aircraft. Very well-defined. There are probably less than 10 MROs that do the job on C-130. And there are certain very well-defined uh, government operators. So such aircraft with a very closed ecosystem, they become a very good candidate for applying uh, blockchain because of that everybody can share and trust and share the data. But trying to boil the ocean in the commercial world, I think that is still very far out, uh, we believe. Thank you very much. What excites you and about the future? Yeah. So, you know, aviation industry is uh, all about you know, rocket science and a lot of uh, big things activity. And we have talked about the boring stuff of maintenance. But really the, the next exciting stuff that really excites me as well, the paradigm shift, a fundamental change in how you commute is happening. And I think the disruptor aircraft or the sub-segment emerging is this whole EV tall and drone space, right? And I think there are a lot of companies that has a lot of funding has gone into this space. And I mean, things are still being worked out in terms of uh, the business case and how successful this will be. But clearly with some big names jumping into, into it, for example, I think Archer and United have uh, joined hands and, and the use cases around electricity uh, commuting uh, between within, in, in, in Chicago, in LA, in New York area, those are being experimented. So I think that's a very big change and a big leap in terms of um, new stuff that's happening. And of course, from our perspective, given the fact that we have been in the industry uh, providing solutions from manufacturing, sustainment, logistics, finance, and accounting, the whole enchilada. So it's very exciting for us. And there are a lot of uh, uh, eVTOL companies that we have started to work with and providing solutions from one end to the other. But I think that's to me, definitely is a game changer. It is also a game changer from the perspective that one other segment like the BGA or the, the helicopter segment, that in many cases was not able to fulfill certain demands of the industry. Now drones and eVTOLs come into the picture and they try to fulfill some of those unmet business needs on the aviation side. So that's pretty much a, a very exciting segment that's emerging in my view.